And this week, guys, I have an incredibly talented gentleman who I have only known for like maybe three months personally, but he has been around for a long time. Please welcome the AEW music producer, Mikey Ruckus. Mikey, welcome to my show. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's uh it's a long time coming. I've I've always been a fan and always wanted to take part in this, so it's uh, it's an honor. I am so happy this worked out. I just want to uh let my listeners know a little bit about you. You are quite talented and every time <laughs> I I go to work and there's a new person that comes on our stage, you come to mind automatically because you are the creator, the inspiration you help these superstars get promoted by the music that you create for them. How has that been for you? And, and what kind of, and what's a day in the life of Mikey, Ruck, Mikey Ruckus look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, actually kind of boring to the to the, the, the lay person, I guess you can say. Um, it's almost like caveman work. So I go into my office, which is, uh, luckily, I have a window here that shines some light, but I'm usually in this seat anywhere from eight to twelve hours in a day, uh, and I just I go to I go to work. I've learned over the years to create a workflow where it's it's all about decision making, and uh, there's really no time to to mess around. There's there's usually uh, crunch deadlines. There's usually a lot that has to be done within the course of a day and in the course of a week. So I just go, and and uh, a lot of times. The, the hours just pass and I don't even realize it. So uh, like every day I get in here every morning, uh, usually Sundays, I'll make a list of everything that I have to get done for the entire week. And then on Monday, I'll write out, I have like dry erase boards and stuff like that. I'll write out what I have to do that particular day. And then I check it off at the end of the day. And then before the next day, before I leave, I'm writing down my list for the next day. So I try to keep that regimen Monday through Friday so and then there's times where I'm in on Saturdays and Sunday mornings as well early. So just just to kind of stay on top of things, because if you let one day go by, it's really easy to get behind. So it's just it's go all the time. So you're the AEW music producer. You're behind the scenes getting each superstar their own theme music. You are also um, you produce for World Series of Fighting, which is MMA and UFC, correct? Correct. Yeah, that was World Series of Fighting was uh, was on NBC Sports uh, back early uh, 2012 into 2016. Um, I was actually deep rooted in the mixed martial arts industry back then. That's where I actually started uh, in 2010, started doing entrance music for fighters. Uh, the independent wrestling scene wasn't really uh, big back then the way it is now. And and at that time it was only the WWE and a couple of other places that were doing wrestling music. So I already knew that was locked down. So I wanted to be able to go out and, and kind of test the waters at things. And it was something I wanted to do. I didn't even know if I was good at it. Uh, I, I listen back now and I was horrible at it, but I had to start, you know, I had to start somewhere. So I started with local and regional mixed martial arts fighters, just creating music for them, trying to learn what their stories were. And, uh, Flat, uh, fast forward into 2015, I ended up working with Zardonic and Roctagon Music to produce the theme song for World Series of Fighting. And then uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Now, you're also, to add to your list of accolades, you're a national recording artist. That is correct. And uh, in February of 2020, I signed my record deal with E1, E1 Music, E1 Heavy, based out of New York. 
and uh, I started working on my my solo album, and that released uh, January 15th of this year. So uh, very big accomplishment, and I was very proud of that. Uh, that and we still have a lot more to come with it. We've got music videos on the way, and um, so we're going to get some mileage out of that album. That's amazing because it's called the new album's called Bring the Ruckus, correct? Yes, it is. All right, which is kind of convenient because it, it gives you a little bit of publicity <laughs> for your name, which I thought was brilliant. I'm like, man, he's thinking on top of his game right now. <laughs> so we have so much to talk about. So whenever before you started into um, you know creating music for the the MMA world and the World Series of Fighting. Were you always a musician or was this something that you kind of self-taught yourself or did you go to college for, for music or how did your career start and did you have something else going on before your music career started? So I, I grew up in the retail industry. I grew up in the grocery business. I started working when I was 13 years old. My first job was I was training to become a butcher at a little corner convenience store in my neighborhood, walking up the street. And this little old Italian lady came outside like, hey, boy, you want to make some money? You come on in here and break these boxes down. I was like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get a couple of drinks and some gum or something like that or maybe some food. And I walked back there. I had shorts and a T-shirt on. She made me put a, a meat coat on and looked at the, the guy back there. He's like, Danny, put a knife in this man's hand. And he turned around, looked at me like, what? And next thing you know, I was there for six years, off and on for about six years and, and really learned not just about cutting meat, but the aspect of customer service and providing service and, and learning all the different aspects of running a grocery store. Uh, at 19, I had a management role. I moved on to uh, corporate uh, grocery stores, and I just ended up in the retail business management leadership uh, a little over 20, maybe 25 years. And I started to do music professionally on the side in 2010, but that was something that kind of came into being while I was in high school. I don't have any uh, college training or anything like that. I played in the marching band. I played oh. in the jazz band. They were kind of like bird courses. You know, you, you kind of go in and you do your thing. You get the free, you know, you get the free grade. And, and I ended up really learning a lot of different aspects. Um, my high school music teacher every year wanted me to play something different. Like my first year coming in, I was, I was trying to learn how to play acoustic guitar. It was like a little jam session for all the headbangers in high school, like my sophomore year. <laughs> So, you know, they're playing all these guitar riffs on on our heavy metal riffs on acoustic guitars. And I'm trying to learn scales. I learned a, a very, very <laughs> small amount there. And then when I started taking the jazz class in school was when I really started to, to open my mind up to different styles and different dynamics. And once I got out of high school, I, you know, I, I got married immediately, started having babies with my first marriage. And so I just I went to work because that's what I had to do for us to survive. And uh, I really didn't think about I always played in the background, play guitar, things like that. But 2010, it was more out of a necessity for survival. And that's where it just kind of started to take shape. You know, I think that survival aspect was was really what what I needed to to fine tune and really dig in and and turn this thing into something that's not only profitable, but turned it into a career for one day to be able to transition. That's something you see when you talk about high school. So I've been stalking your Instagram for the last month and I finally told the PR at AEW, I'm like, like I want this guy on my show. And so they were very gracious to, to lend them, lend you to me. Talking about your high school um, years, I, I want to let everyone know 
how wonderful it is when I hear you talk about your wife right now because the love that you have for her, you don't you usually don't see a lot of celebrities and people that are in the spotlight talk about their personal life. And I just love how your your love story with your wife is such a true testament because meet, meeting you, you have such a good heart. I'm not, I'm not trying to bullshit you. I'm not trying to do anything like that. But there's very few men that will really talk about their wife with such kind words that you do. High school crush. Um, my junior year of high school, we were in English class together. She sat behind me because we were in alphabetical order. And uh, <laughs> I was a complete, like, I was this, I didn't know what my identity was. So I was like this kind of middle middle road type student. I wasn't with the popular crowd. I was kind of a nerd, uh, but I listened to all different types of music. So I had no style whatsoever. So I was just kind of <laughs> like, I was there. I had this giant crush on her and um, I finally mustered up enough guts to, to tell her. So we went to school the next day and she wasn't there. She transferred out to a private school. Oh so, my God. And we were in the same city, but, you know, I heard that she was dating somebody and we probably talked one more time after that. And then I wouldn't see her again for 14 years. So uh, in that time, she ended up getting married and having two children. I ended up getting married and I had six children. I had six of my own. Damn, Mikey, you're busy. <laughs> we have eight total. <laughs> And they're all grown now. So, I mean, uh, like my oldest is 25 and our youngest is 18. So, you know, That's we've good. got the whole staircase. Um, but she she and I kind of crossed paths again after, you know, I, I had my first marriage didn't end well, um, you know, and I was just, I had a lot of growing up to do. You know, I made a lot of bad decisions. I've made a lot of bad choices and I, and I own that. And uh, I was in I was in a spot where I was starting over, and she was in a spot where she was starting over. We didn't we just ended up kind of crossing paths. We found each other on Facebook again, and and it all just kind of came right back. And it wasn't anything I was looking for. It wasn't anything she was looking for, and it just it clicked. And we've been together since two thousand nine, and uh, even still then, like in the beginning, still trying to get my feet wet and still we're learning each other. Uh, it, it became apparent that she had my best interests at heart. And, um, you know, I got to a point to where I, I just kind of realized that like, this is, this is it like this. We, we ended up getting married in our backyard. Uh, we had a little setup with uh, a gazebo and her dad is actually a minister and he, he did the service. Um, and we ended up losing that house like shortly after that. So we were, we went through the whole struggle. We went through the custody battles. We went through the struggling financially. And even still to this day, even though I, we just bought this house last year, my, my one promise and my one goal is to always buy that house back for her. Even if we don't move into it, that's always been like my thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, there were so many times and just so many times over the years where we just, we only had each other to rely on to survive. And um, in 2015, right around the same time that I was having music on uh, World Series of Fighting, she ended up getting very sick. And uh, she had, we found a tumor in her spinal cord that she had actually had since birth. And it just got to the point to where she couldn't walk. She couldn't walk. She was bedridden for nine months. 
Oh and, my gosh. Um, like it was that, that realization, like wondering if my best friend was going to be here, you know, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, you made me cry. Yeah, like it, 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 it was a lot of hours of, of just being really scared and watching her go through that pain. And there was nothing at that point that I, I was going to do to ever hurt her. I was always going to try to, to make things the way it needed to be. And if it meant that I helped her get dressed every day, if, if I had to put clothes on her every day, if I had to feed her every day, I was going to do it. And when she rebounded back, I think that that time just really solidified us and, uh, and let me know that this, this was my forever person. So, um, and even now to this day, she, she allows me to be me. So I always tell people she saved Mike Rivera and she made Mikey Ruckus. So that's, that's kind of my thing. And, um, I owe her quite a bit. I mean, there's been some dark times and there's been some troubling times and, there was even a time where I almost walked away from music completely. And uh, she reminded me why I was doing it. Uh, she reminded me that, uh, you know, I, with so many children, you want them to dream big. You want them to know that whatever they want to go after, they can achieve it. Right. And, um, you know, I was broken down. I was tired. I was burned out. And she was like, you know, what are you doing? This is you. You will never be able to rest if you walk away from this. You will never be able to have peace if you walk away from this. She's like, don't give up now. And I remember that conversation. And three weeks later, AEW was announced. So. <laughs> wow. So I mean, and what's her first name? I mean, do you mind? Her name is Christy. Christy. I just, please. Oh, she's going to hear this episode. I just want to, I just want to highlight the love that you, that you announced to the world. Every time that you write about her on your Instagram story. I just, I love the testimony that y'all are living and y'all have truly taken your vows seriously because those vows, you really, you think, you know, when you're getting married, oh, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. Yes, babe, I love you. Yeah, let's kiss and let's go have the honeymoon, you know, but even, you know, you know, with my marriage today, I mean, there are actually valleys that you never even think about. I mean, you really get tested of how much are you going to love this person? when things are really bad, because when things are good, you don't think about how humble you need to be, you know, or how bad it needs to be because the good times are great, but the bad times are, it's really the testimony of true love. And I just, I love y'all's pictures. I love y'all's smiles and it really resonates to me. And that was something that I told, I told in my interview, you know, the topics I'm like, I want to show Mike's love for his wife because <laughs> you and Christy has something very special and I cannot wait to meet her one day and tell her, I see your love story. I certainly appreciate that. And I know she's going to cry when she hears that too. So, Oh my gosh. And, you know, and she's, people don't really, even young people. And sometimes even my kids don't understand it. You know, children, when they grow up in uh, splintered households or, um, blended families, they don't understand fully the dynamic of what a marriage is until they're at that age and have experienced marriage themselves. Correct. Even I didn't understand it with my first marriage. You know, I, I was still growing up. I didn't really, I figured I just would get married because this is what I was supposed to do. And I, I didn't get that until later on in life. So it's, it's tough because that other half really has to focus on holding the household down and that's what she's she's done like 
she walked into a situation where there was already six kids and they were hitting teenage years. Like that's, that's, that's like jumping into the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and navigating and, and understanding how to pick up the pieces and understanding how to make things run smooth. I, you know, there were times where I couldn't reach my kids. I couldn't understand what they were going through. I couldn't under like, or I didn't want to, you know, those teenage years are, are rough years. And she was there to kind of, you know, back up and pick those pieces up and, and make those reconnections. And, you know, she knows when, you know, you need to go talk to your daughter, you need to go talk to your son, you need to go fix this. And I'm like, I don't want to fix anything, man. You know, you know, no, you, you need to. So yeah, yeah. she, holding down a household and, and understanding that whole aspect and, uh, and not even babies just dealing with young adults. And sometimes those young adults become like these other people in your house that are just eating up all your food and, and, you know, yeah, they're strangers <laughs> kind of to stuff. us. Yeah. They become so, strangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So all right, everyone, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Gentlemen, are you performing your best during sex? Or do you walk away feeling frustrated and disappointed? Well, the Cougar has a solution just for you. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form. Blue Chew's tablets combat erectile dysfunction and help men gain confidence when it's time to go. No doctor visits, it's an online prescription service and Blue Chew provides a consult with one of their licensed medical providers. It's made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct. Use promo code EXCUSE ME and receive your first month subscription for free. Enjoy! So let's get back to um, to your the career with AEW. Uh, you just recently announced on your IG that on March 5th, you're releasing two AEW albums. And one is going to be the AEW Women's uh, Themes, which I'm on, which I'm thankful and grateful that you included <laughs> me on this. But there's other superstars that are included on this first album, which is um, Red Velvet, Leva Bates, me, Rebel, Layla Hirsch, and Tay Conte. Um, that's going to be incredible. Like, that's, that's, who, who thought of that concept? Because uh, we, I've never heard of, you know, these albums being released. And this is a, a good surprise for me. And, of course, the other women in the locker room are really excited about this. Um, and then you have album number two, which is 8-Bit Mayhem, which is the AEW World Champ, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Nyla Rose. I know her just a little bit. Um, a little and bit, yeah. A little bit. TH2, Pac, Britt Baker, and Penelope Ford. How did, did they give you liberty saying, Hey, Mikey, you want to release an album? Or did you go to them saying, Hey, let's release these two albums? How much, how much creativity and how much liberty are you having with the music side of AEW? So that's one thing that I really have to say is that they have allowed me full creative freedom in terms of working with talent to number one, tell their story. Cause this is all about telling their story. And number two, just to be able to have fun. Like there's times where I get in here and I want to kind of experiment. Um, it's, it's really hard when you're creating music for a weekly television show to focus on 
your actual craft outside of that. There's a lot of study that's involved. There's a lot of trial and error that's involved. So really what's happening is we're course correcting in real time in front of the public, our profession. It's not only, wow. it's not only the talent themselves, you know, in the ring, but it's, it's everyone. It's, it's every person in, in post-production, including myself, we learn and we continue to learn and we continue to learn. So the, the only way you can do that is just, just to keep producing, keep pushing yourself, keep testing yourself, keep trying different techniques and different things. And a lot of the stuff just kind of ended up happening as it was, you know, we, we I had this, I had this thing where we drop a theme uh, or I, somebody would debut a new theme on TV and then we would get the artwork and just release it. So we've got maybe 70 or 80 singles, single themes that are, that are digitally released right now. So then it got to a point to where some of the music was being produced so quickly, we weren't getting it all out. So uh, there were some songs that we used maybe once or twice. So originally we did like the, the Lost Themes album. So let's say, for instance, Jungle Boy used uh, one song before I created Jurassic Express's theme because they weren't a tag team yet. So right. that was considered like a Lost Theme. So I had a, a collection of those songs that we used one time that fans were asking for. So we just put them together on an album. Uh, we had another one uh, that we did that was 2.0. It's where, you know, I would create a theme and then after we hear it on TV and after the, the talent becomes uh, familiar with it, it's like, well, why don't we experiment a little bit and change it up? It's like an oil painting. Uh, an oil painting, you can always go back even 20 or 30 years later, you throw a little bit of turpentine on it and you can change that <laughs> painting. You know, you yeah. can spruce it up, you can do all those kind of things. So it kind of snowballed into that. And then I just started kind of experimenting with, with 8-bit chiptune. Uh, music. We got a lot of video game. We got a lot of gamers in uh, in our roster. So I thought it was something that was fun. We started releasing it on our SoundCloud page. And then I started having talent like message me separately. You're going to do my theme like that, right? You're going to do mine, right? You're gonna, I was like, we'll just make an album out of it. You know, and then with the women's themes, we had this, uh, we had a, a crop of, of tracks that I was just kind of pumping out, pumping out, pumping out. And then I looked, I was like, wait, these are all women. These are all the female tracks. Why don't I just put them collectively on an album? So I think, especially with that one, there's there's a there's a feeling of unity. There's a feeling of pride. There's a feeling of uh, togetherness and moving forward that that front line. And and uh, and I'm proud that we were able to to put that together. And it just kind of happened to be that way. So um, in terms of releases, you know, I, I think. It's cool to have singles here and there, but I also think it's cool to have like these tentpole releases, maybe albums that come out during our pay-per-views and just kind of uh, give the fans something extra to kind yeah. of just to take in and listen to. And again, at the end of the day, you're telling the story of the talent. So if you take one song and you change it up, it's the same story, but it's just a different chapter. It's a different story arc. You know, you learn a little bit more about uh, that, that talent and just, it helps to connect. And that's what I'm all about. It's about telling the story, making an impact and, and bringing the fans and the talents closer together in that aspect. That That's so interesting. You talk about this because I have so many, I have so much uh, of things I want to, I want to talk to you about. So when you talk about many times, I've even heard at TV that, oh, this person's debuting tonight in about two hours, call Mikey and let him know so he can, <laughs> create a song and I'm thinking oh my god they're giving Mikey like two hours before we go live to create a song um 
how does that even work for you? Because you're probably, you know, in your studio, you're working on, say, the next day's agenda. You're probably just doing your job. I mean, there's got to be some kind of like maybe a shot of vodka between that when you get that phone call and you're trying to like think of something and send it over, you know, within that, that few amount of hours. How is that for you? Because you have to be on all the time to have that, that next creative tune be ready to go. Yeah, it's uh, and I don't, it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. And, I've heard uh, it. I've I, heard it though. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'll, I'll give you an example, like with, with your theme, um, there were some back and forth as to whether there was going to be music or not. And I remember specifically the night before, I, I, I want to say it was either Cody or Kevin Sullivan. Somebody texted me and said, um, hey, did you make any music for Vicky? And I remember seeing an email where they said, I don't think we're going to do music. And I, and I texted that back. I said, uh, I don't think we're doing music for her. And Sullivan's like, I think you might want to put something together. And then I'm thinking about it overnight. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And so I, I had some other stuff that I had to work on. And I was like, I'll just I'll wait until I hear from somebody. And literally, like, maybe 1230 that afternoon, the next day, the day of TV, Cody texts me. He's like, hey, you got anything for Vicky? I was like, here we go. So I immediately and, and you know, I've, there's times where I get interrupted in the middle of a, of a session. I'll just save it, close it out, open up a new session, start right away. And it's crazy because I had thought overnight that entire night what I was going to do. And I had no idea. I said, you know, there's no way that I could put Vicky over with a song. Like there, there's, she puts herself over. And then that's when the light went oh, off. It's, it's her. It's her, it's her voice. That is the <laughs> iconic, that, that is the moment. So at that point, I just started laughing hysterically like an evil mad scientist and I went and found some video, pulled your voice and put it into my beat machine. And the rest is history, literally like two, like two hours. And I sent it up and somebody texted me back and said, I think I just pissed myself. <laughs> oh my, you know, and that's so funny, Mikey, because I, I remember that day I was getting ready to go to the arena and Cody goes, hey, what do you want for your wall? And I was like, what the hell is a wall? Like, what are you talking about? And so I sat there for like 30 minutes and like, well, do I, do I let Cody know? That I don't know what a wall is. He goes, and Hey, do you have any ideas for your music? And I'm like, Oh my God, music. Like I've never been given music before ever as a, as a superstar. So when I text back Cody and he goes, I go, Hey Cody, I just gotta let you know, I've, I've known you for 20 years. What's a, what's a freaking wall. <laughs> he goes, Oh, you're trying. He goes, we're, we're he goes, I want to get you some music in your wall. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I was already, I was already on cloud nine. And then, um, that night when I went out, they're like, Hey, we're going to play your entrance music after, you know, Nyla speaks. Well, I was so nervous and I was, I had so much on my mind that I didn't even, I, I could hear a little bit of whatever you have played. And I was just like, Oh my God, I think that's my music. Like I'll, I'll worry about that later. But then I see, I see the people on the, on the side, like dancing on my, like, my music has dancing music too. Like, this is going to be good. <laughs> and I was just, but afterwards I had all this, all these messages on Twitter. Like, I love your music. Like, this is like banger music. Like I'm dancing to your music right now. And I actually got to go to the hotel room and just listen to it. And Mikey, you just, you made me a blessed woman of just everything that I've worked for was all encapsulated into this song because it was just amazing what you created for me. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, it was just this aspect of less is more. 
I felt like the best way to tell your story is to let you tell the story in the song. And it, like, it was, it was the first moment where uh, I created something and it, it damn near broke the internet. Like, <laughs> like everybody so was like, you can, like I, you can go back and, and listen and, and watch it. And even Jericho, like as soon as it hit, excuse me here. Ah, Vicky! <laughs> it's just, and that's, that was everybody that was watching the show at that moment. And that's exactly what I was going for. And I was, I, I knew inside that was going to happen, but you never really know until it actually happens. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. And I, and I, I'll tell you, like I tell everybody else, the honor is always going to be mine. The honor is oh mine. Oh my gosh. Oh, Mikey. You know, and that's something that you also, that I want to bring to the, our listeners' attention is that you do talk about creating something for a superstar and then they tag in with someone else. So they have like this tag team now. So I can see that the creativity always changes because you have to not, you know, you have to now think of a new theme song for that tag team or that trio like Jurassic Park or, um, you know, you have like, um, you know, like the tag teams that has to always be on your mind. Like what if they separate, right? You know, what song I'm going to give this guy, you know, what's this guy going to have if they become the, their own single, you know, competitors. I mean that what's your recipe when you're looking at a superstar, they, they text you the name of who you need to create for, um, what is it that you're looking at that before you even start picking out a music uh, theme for them? The first thing I always look at is what type of tempo I want, what type of rhythm I want, and what type of rhythm they want. Uh, say, for instance, I, I, I look at how uh, a talent walks, if, or if it's a, like a high flyer. Let's say, for instance, a high flyer, they're going to want kind of fast-paced music for the most part. And then there are some cases it's a little bit different, but for the most part, you want something that's up, upbeat, you know, that's their kind of thing. If you've got a giant individual walking out, somebody like Nick Comoroto or, uh, you know, who Will else? Hobbs. Would, or, or yeah, Will Hobbs. Or, yeah, you don't, yeah, Will Hobbs especially. You don't want something that's got a super fast beat to it because it's almost like you're rushing them out there. You want them to be able to walk confidently in their gait and sell themselves so but at the same time you have a time frame and with daily's place the entrance is not that it's not a long entrance it's yeah. the tunnel steps and you're in the ring so you have to really kind of there was some some changing that went that went into play in terms of what sections go where but you always want to try to have uh the rhythm first and then i go into like a memorable hook or a melody whether it's going to be a guitar riff uh or vocals and I usually get that information from the talent themselves. So they'll send me music ideas. Uh, they'll send me lyrics or, or whatever. It's, it, it's all a case-by-case -case basis, but I always try to start with the foundation of the tempo. The tempo is going to determine a lot of things. The tempo determines how many sections of the song are played before you get into the ring um, or what type of section is going to be played if you want it to be like a chorus or you just want it to be a riff. So... It's, it's, it's really case-by-case -case basis. I try not to think about what if, um, because I'm always in the middle of working on something. Yeah. So um, I usually think about it right then and there. So I have, I literally, I have a dry erase board right here with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 themes that I have to work on. And I can't tell you what they are, but that's just what I have listed. Plus the other five that got texted, texted to me over this past week. Wow. So I think about it right out. Um, when I hear the name, I kind of get an idea, but then I just kind of tuck it in my back pocket 
and I think about it later. And I think over the years, I've just kind of learned that flow where I don't really, I don't, I don't fool around. I don't kind of second guess myself. You just have to make a decision from the simplest thing to a kick drum all the way to what the overall arc is going to be and just go and just go and go and go. And, and you could be putting something together and you're a quarter of the way in and he's like, this sounds like garbage. And then you have to just kind of, instead of starting over, you have to kind of see it through and listen back to it. And, and I'll listen and listen and listen over and over again, and then try to, you know, switch some things up and change some things here and there. And, and then that's when I get it over to the talent. And then we kind of have another conversation back and forth and develop. So that's really the process in a nutshell. And then it's just like on to the next, on to the next. And it's great to hear it live, but I try not to stay, I, I try not to stay rooted in or stuck on one song because I already know, like I have to clear that out of my head and, and just, and move. We got way too much stuff going on. So <laughs> That's amazing. So let's talk about your album. Uh, you did your first music video with Matt Hardy, which is uh, called Ghost Town. Um, is that your song for your album? Or did Matt say, hey, I want that as my theme song? H how did that collaboration work? Because um, I know on your, on your Instagram, you had Rebe, which is Matt Hardy's wife, and you had Mark, Matt Hardy, and y'all worked on his compound, and it looked like a long process. Um, is how did that collaboration work where is it your song or you know did Matt say I, I like it so much I want it to be my theme song or is that just specifically for your album but Matt wanted to be a part of it yeah so it, it happened kind of organically so <clears throat> keep in mind this was right after uh the broken Matt Hardy uh gimmick and the storyline and all of that thing was it was starting to change uh, we we realized that we were not getting out of this pandemic for quite a while. So he wanted to change it up a little bit. And he wanted something along the lines of what the Hardy Boys theme was. And uh, there was, you know, the kick drums and stuff like that. And while I was working, uh, you know, on AEW music, I was working on my album. And I just so happened to, and oh, again, yeah. it comes down to tempo. So I was working on Ghost Town at the exact same time. So when you think of the Matt Hardy uh, or the Hardy Boys theme, it's like doom, 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 doom. So that was that. And then I remember pulling it up and I and I hear, and it's just hearing my track back. I was like, damn, this this might work. So before I before I asked Matt, I asked a couple of other people um, on on the administrative staff and the production team, I was like, is this okay if I let him listen to this? Cause I'm not, I'm not interested in trying to get my stuff over. I'm not trying to get in the middle of anything. And, and uh, Cody and QT were like, no, absolutely. Send it to him, talk to him about it. If he wants to use it, you're, it's all good. So I talked to, to Matt about it and uh, he was like, dude, I, I love the song. I love it. Oh my God. So we came up with something with the little sound effect in the very beginning that was specifically for his entrance theme. And then the more we talked, I was like, you know, I'd, I'd love to shoot a music video. He was like, dude, you can come down to the compound. We'll shoot it right here. And it just, it was literally in, in maybe a couple of conversations. And then that's when the, the, the conversations with Rebby started and I sent her some ideas, but I didn't really have a lot of ideas. I was like, I, I mean, maybe me and Matt Hardy face to face, like kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of like a standoff or something. And she was like, you don't have any other ideas. I was like, I really don't know. I'm not a, I, I don't do video like that. Like <laughs> I have, I have film ideas, but in terms of trying to tell a story visually in a three minute song, 
but incorporating Matt's Matt's own storyline with the multiverse and things like that. I wanted them to have that freedom. And wow. uh, she she came through with everything, every aspect. She was like, you know, it's gonna be ghetto when you get down here. We're gonna, I was like, look, I, I could care less about what we're shooting in. You know, I know I've seen your transitions. I see how you do things and I, how you put his videos together. I want you to have the creative freedom to be you. She's she brilliant. Like, Dude, so creative. Get your ass down here. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I went down and uh, I picked up a friend of mine um, and we came down. She had a couple of people come out and help and and six hours went by and, and we shot the whole thing. I mean, it's crazy because we were right there in, in the compound, in the hangar, right next to the wrestling ring. And I'm asking myself, how can we do this without getting the wrestling ring in the background? You don't see a wrestling ring anywhere in no, that video. No, you don't. You know, <laughs> and even after I left, there was a lot of stuff that she shot that I had no idea until the first, the cut, the first cut that I saw. And I was, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. And I was so proud. And, and uh, it's just, it was a great time. And it won't be the last time we all work together. That's for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. So where can people find your album and, and what platforms can they uh, go to download it and get your album out on the to get those sales going for sure so you can actually find it everywhere it's it's on apple it's on spotify it's on uh it's on my website bringtheruckus.com uh you can find it on deezer it's all all the dsps digital platforms it's there uh this is a throwback to like the industrial rock new metal of uh the early 2000s it tickles that that metal funny bone for your metal fan uh that nostalgic hit where you want to kind of throw stuff around and I made sure that entire album was high impact high energy great tempos it's a 45 minute workout set nonstop. Uh, if you want to use it to work out I, I get a lot of that uh, I actually use it to do my workouts in the mornings as well so absolutely I, I very much appreciate everybody just taking the time to listen we have more videos coming uh, we actually have Sammy Guevara is going to shoot the next video for my song face down um, that's actually the theme for AEW Dark. So I'm going to be down. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we were actually going to, we were actually going to shoot last week and then everybody got stuck in Texas with, with the whole entire thing, you and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and Sammy and, and, and so Jesse. many others. Yeah. Uh, so March the 9th, we're going to get together down in Jacksonville. We're, and you're welcome to be in it. And like, yeah, you're and look, and, and I had to tell a couple of people this. Like, I didn't purposely not invite you. It's okay, I'm Mikey. Really, it's all right. No, I got your number. I got I'm your email really bad. too. <laughs> I'm really bad at organizing. I was really bad at organizing this whole thing when I was in the middle of working on everything else. Like I I, I had a couple of phone calls asking if we could do this, and then I get the yes. And then I'm just busy working on things. And I get an email a couple of weeks later. It's like, dude, we haven't gotten an action plan or any, like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I forgot. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, the staff is is uh, is being amazing. Raph and Mike King are, are, are all for it. The talent is, is all for it. They're really excited about it. Uh, we're going to shoot that video, hopefully have it out by the end of March. Uh, my single rise is actually in production right now for another, that's going to be an all animated video. Uh, I oh won't God. tell you the concept of it, but it's really, really, really cool. And there's nothing like this concept out there right now. I'm super excited. And there's AEW stars that are going to be appearing in that video as, as animated characters as well. So I'm really excited about that one too. 
So there's that a lot is, more to come with this record for sure. And, wh- and where does that, when does that come out? Or did you say uh, when we can look forward to that? Anime yeah, we don't have a definite date on those yet. We're hoping okay. to have them both out by the end of March, uh, okay. but they're in production right now. That's amazing. So I saved this last story because this touched my heart. You talk about this on your IG that you wrote about watching Sting versus Ric Flair at the Richmond Coliseum in 1988. And that was 32 years later. And now you're creating his theme song for AEW. (laughs) Uh, You must have been like a little kid in a candy store knowing that you were going to create this man that you saw as a little kid. And now you're in charge of promoting him. How was that journey for you when you got that call? That would, yeah. So you have these moments and I, I tell, I tell everybody that every theme that I create is special to me. And every theme that I create has a different story, a different process, a different feeling. You know, you have that connection with the talent because you're, you're having that moment where you're expressing what their story is. Right. And not many people get that opportunity. So I got the call, Tony and I, Tony Khan and I were texting back and forth just, just before um, Thanksgiving. And it was one of those rare times where I got some space to work. And we're, I, I don't even remember what the question was. I texted him about something uh, in regards to somebody's song. He was like, yeah, we can do that a little bit later down the road, but you can actually get started on something I'm working on now. And I was like, okay. And he texted back Sting. And I cut, I'm sitting on my couch when I see the word Sting. And I had been telling people all along in previous interviews, they said, if there's one person you can make music for, who would it be? Sting, Sting, Sting. Oh and that God. moment I was like, I better shut my mouth. Like, I can't say another word about Sting. And I, like my heart kind of dropped in the floor. And then like for a split second, there was panic that set in. And then I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, uh, we have some time. Um, originally I had heard December 9th was going to be the day we debut it. And then I heard it was like a week earlier or something like that. So I was like, Oh, I just got my time cut in half. So let me go ahead and get started on this. <laughs> um, but with the winter is coming theme and thinking back to his crow theme, I wanted ah, to be able to put man. something together that kind of paid an, an, an homage to that, that sting because he they uh, tony was very specific that i want some organs and it's going to be crow crow sting so being able to put something out that's completely standalone unto itself but still kind of tells the story of his entire career you know it for me it was a moment like my heart was racing it was racing right before that moment hit and i sat there and you know and people can you know, say whatever they want to say. I, I cried at that moment because that was like everything to me. Like, and I, re- I literally remember when he came out and I heard Tony Schiavone sc- and, and it's Tony Schiavone's fault that I started crying. It's because of him. <laughs> I blame him. He did the sting. And I sat there and I just like the tears started running down my face. And I literally remember my brother and I being in the Richmond Coliseum. And it was that it was, Ric Flair's and Sting's final house show match before the first Clash of Champions. And I remember seeing, and it was so vivid right at that moment. And I just sat there just dead silent. And I said, I I couldn't believe that AEW is is giving me my dreams, like just moment after moment after moment. And it was one that I will absolutely never forget. And then, 
just the, the feedback from that particular theme in itself was was pretty amazing. So it's always nice to know that uh, it's it's accepted and 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 people enjoy it and, and understand where it came from because it came from a very real place. And you know, just every time you know, if I'm in the audience or I'm just watching the show backstage, that music just gives me goosebumps. And then you see the snow falling, you're like, oh my god, this is. If we only all we're missing is a huge live audience to absorb what the atmosphere is like when 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 you see this, you know this. Tron, and then you see Sting walk out, and then the snow falls. I mean, it's incredible, and that's something that's so sad about COVID is that the fans are missing so much of this good stuff, and I, we can't wait to travel and share, you know, your music with all these fans because you are so incredibly talented, Mikey, and I'm just, I'm so um, humbled because I'm a part of your, of your creativity, and the things you've done for this company is just so impressionable and your resume is going to shine for a very, very long time. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, again, I, I hold this position in very high regard because I know there's only been a handful. When you think of all the thousands and thousands of, of professional wrestlers that have come through, uh, you know, American TV over the last 40 years and where music has played an integral part, uh, it's not many have had this opportunity. So while I'm here, it's not, I don't take it as, you know, I'm here, look at me kind of thing. I look at it as it's time to work three times as hard. It's time to learn three times as much and it's time to build and really create something that, you know, one day when I'm gone, everybody can look back at that body of work and say, man, you know, he really put some work in. And, and I only did it for a desire to, at again, just tell that story, tell the story that the wrestlers themselves and the characters and the personalities are trying to convey. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's just creating that connection for fan and, and, and talent. Let me ask you one last question before I, we finish our interview. Are you doing this all by yourself or do you have help in that studio or outside of your studio? Or are, you, are you the only one that's creating all, all this theme music? So 90% of what you hear is all me. Um, we have a couple of tracks that have come from outside. Um, and now we're getting into a, a thing where I can actually go out and bring other artists in to add some variety, add some flavor. Um, you know, if, it, if, if I want to bring in some rappers, if I want to bring in uh, some singers or even somebody to lay down a guitar solo, those avenues are now being opened up to me. But wow, that's the, amazing. Yeah, the day in and day out, I'm just in my office, just working. So, yeah. That so 90% of what you hear is, is all me. And we have a small, like, for AEW Dark and, and some of, the, uh, some of the, the extras and the enhancement talent, we have library music that we choose for them. Just because, like, it's, and especially, like, getting into the really, the, the meat and potatoes of Dark, when we were growing and expanding, we would get an email Sunday or Monday morning, and we'd have like 10, 10 different extras we'd have to provide music for. So it just got to a point to where it's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get all this done. Yeah. So for the enhancement talent, we would pull music from our, our library that we have uh, a connection with, and we would use that. And then if they got signed, they ended up getting custom music. So um, that's, that's kind of the process that it's become. And, uh, but yeah, uh, so That'll kind of give people some ideas as to who's getting some new music. And there's a whole lot more new, more new music on the horizon. Um, I can't say, 
you know, because I love my job and I want to keep it. You know, so. <laughs> I won't say nothing, I promise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, for the most part, it's just it's just me. And um, it's, it's uh, I don't want to say it's taxing, it's tiring. You just get to a point to where all you see and all you hear is just different ideas. And, and I have to force myself to turn it off. And, and, and my wife is good at that. She's like, bro, turn your radio <laughs> off, bro. Turn like, really get down here, get something to eat, have a cup of coffee, stop, you know, cause I'll get in and I just, the hours just pass. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I love every single minute of it. And if I could do this seven days a week, 12 hours a day, I would, but of course I would probably burn out way before, my, my actual time. So thank of the Lord. Course. My wife is there to pull me out of here. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, Mikey, tell us, tell the fans and my listeners where they can find you. And um, this is your time to promote yourself. So that way we can, uh, everyone can download your music and find you and follow you and show you some love. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm on IG Mikey uh, underscore uh, ruckus. Uh, M-I-K-E-Y-R-U-K-U-S. I'm on Twitter, Mikey Ruckus, M-I-K-E-Y-R-U-K-U-S. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at my website, www.bringtheruckus.com. Uh, if you're interested in, in checking out at digital downloads of All Elite Wrestling themes, you can go to bandcamp.com slash All Elite Wrestling. For those who like to collect uh, different files and different styles of files, not just MP3s, but waves, flat files, things of that nature, uh, we have we do have a, a subset of fans that like to collect those songs and, and download them rather than stream. You can find it there. Uh, All Elite Wrestling's themes are also on Apple and Spotify. Deezer, Title, everywhere. Um, I'm I'm fairly accessible, so feel free to reach out at any time. I try to respond to fans and, and be as interactive as possible. That was one thing that I wanted to do uh, in terms of. Uh, my own personality is be accessible to the fan base. So whether they say good things or bad things or indifferent or want to talk or, or whatever like that, I try to always have a hand in connections. So that's what that's I'm all amazing. about. So I'm, I'm everywhere. Go find me. Well, Mikey, I'm so honored that you found time out of your busy schedule to be on my show. I think the world of you and I, I am happy to call you my friend and I wish you so much success. I am praying for so many blessings on your family and just, uh, I, I just can't wait to see what else you're going to create for AEW and for myself too, because <laughs> I'm in the mix. So I've just, I'm just so honored to, uh, just to share your story with my fans. Well, I, I certainly appreciate it. And, uh, I, again, I've been a fan of yours for a long time and it, I, I gotta say, like when I was doing the voice takes down in Jacksonville and you came in at eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning, 8 a.m., excuse me yes yes like that's that all I got. Like, that's all i got to me at 8 a.m and total silence and having vicky guerrero scream that into my microphone it was awesome i oh. it, it made my day i was in such a good mood after that i was like man nothing's bringing me down so this is awesome good well, stuff I, I, and i, I can't wait to did. see you again There you have it, everyone. The incredibly talented All Elite Wrestling's music producer, Mr. Mikey Ruckus. Thank you, Mikey, again for your time and being on my show. And if you guys haven't checked out his talented recordings for the All Elite Wrestling Superstars, please tune in on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on channel TNT for All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. And guys, this is just a, a note of gratitude 
and thanking each and every one of you who download my podcast, who listen on a weekly basis. I am so humbled by the audience that I am learning that I have from everyone from Asia to Europe to Mexico and throughout the United States. I am so honored that all of you are enjoying my shows week by week. And please stay tuned next week as we have an incredibly talented guest. And thank you guys. Take care. Love one another. And excuse me!